Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Race Rex podcast. Before we get too far into this, I want to thank the folks at Racetech. Racetech.com. Use the code PULP22 to save. They got suspension seminars. Well, you probably missed it by the time you listen to this, but they had suspension seminars and motor seminars to help you out. They have Racetech service centers all across America. Pulp 22 code to save. Get the right suspension, spring rate, get your oil changed, get your bushing seals, all that stuff at Racetech.com. They've been around since the early 80s, and they're still going strong, helping out privateers everywhere. Thank you to the folks at Racetech. As well, all balls racing, whether it's uh, Vertex Pistons, whether it's hot cams, whether it's bike in a box, whether it's... um, hot rods the guys at allballsracing.com will have you covered for spare parts for your motorcycle great quality great prices pivot works as well i've used all this stuff in my uh rebuilds of my project bikes and i couldn't be happier with it whether it uh, was pivot works or the pistons or the rods cams whatever uh allballsracing.com please check them out on the web for your product that you could use to uh, help make your life easier thanks to those guys for uh, coming on board all right on to the show a pulp mx network production Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Chad Reed. Haven't had Reedy on for a while, and as usual, he delivers. Uh, a lot of World Supercross talk in here with the series kicking off this weekend. Super stoked to, uh, to talk to Chad about what's been going on in his life, and then stay to the end when we get into some more topics, including Roxon and YouTube and more. So please check out Fly Racing if you can, flyracing.com, for more information on that. The 2023, they're charging into it with lines that cover you from head to toe. All price ranges, all colors, all styles. Their Formula Helmet has the Rion technology, and they've got some exciting things coming down the line with that as well. I have loved the mesh gloves. This is something new for 23 for mountain biking uh, and motoing. Mesh gloves, they uh, they work really well. They're thinner, fit well, and uh, great job by the guys at Fly Racing for coming up with the mesh gloves. Thank you to those guys. Go to your motorsport.com. Go to your local dealer. Look at the Fly catalog. These guys are coming on strong the last uh, half dozen, dozen years, and you can see it in their work, man. Really great stuff. Thanks to the folks at Fly Racing for making this happen. And as well, Renthal, Renthal.com for more information on that. Um, dealers everywhere. If you're listening to this and you had a dirt bike, chances are you've used something from Renthal because they are that iconic of a brand. Sprockets, chains, bars, grips, mountain bike products, uh, more titles than all the other brands combined over there. Uh, Fat Bar 36, the Twin Wall Bar. Think about the innovations that Renthal has come has had from the grooved mud cleaning sprockets to the twin wall handlebar to the crossbar pads to the color of their grips, the, the composition of their grips. Renthal.com for more information on that. Maxxis Tires, Cade, 
A-Ray, putting Maxxis tires in Supercross main events, uh, getting points outdoors as well on the Maxxis SGB Honda team. Maxxis.com, great mountain bike tires as well. Uh, please check them out. Light truck tires, trailer tires, all that stuff they got going on. So thank you to the folks at Maxxis.com, and uh, thanks for those, their support on across a number of shows on the uh, Pulpamex Network. Super cool, those guys. And, uh, yeah, look at them if you're in the need um, for a, a tire. So, Cobalt uh, Links, motorsport.com. We'll tell you more about as we get on with it. But for now, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support, everybody. Here's myself and Chad Reed talking shop. All right, everybody, as promised on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast, the World Supercross kicking off this weekend in, uh, in Wales and then uh, round two in Australia and uh, certainly more to come in 2023. It's exciting times for, this, for the uh, series over there and, and for over here. A lot of big names are hitting the track, but maybe none bigger than this gentleman here. Uh, it's Chad Reed. What's up, Reedy? How are you, man? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Long time to speak. Yeah, thanks for doing it. That's why we've texted, if that counts. Yeah, but, a little bit. And I, I did a couple of combines. I think I kind of worked walked by you and stuff. But yeah, yeah. now kind of finding ourselves. Oh, not on the same. Wait, not on the same uh, schedule. No, we, me, you, and Stu, uh, at Paula. Oh, we had a little chat. Right. That's we right. That, we on Saturday uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, I remember that. Now. I. It was so hot though. I think I maybe passed yeah. out. <laughs> Yeah, it was. <laughs> we almost all passed out, dude. It's it's gnarly. So, um, wow, uh, World Supercross coming in. I'm I'm gonna be there. I, mean, I can't I can't wait. It's gonna be exciting. Uh, a new uh, series starts. You're very familiar with the Supercross Global guys, obviously. I want to get into the series. I want to get into the SMX stuff. I want to talk more about that. But let's go. Let's focus on you first. Uh, I, you know, following you on social media, you've made a few comments about like, you know, hey. Uh, it's it's coming back, and it's I got, I got to work hard to get it all back. Um, what's it been like to prep for this thing? Because I mean, you're not going out to, you know, wave to the. Because I know you, you're not going out to like wave to the crowd and get you know tenth, right? You you no, you're, you're doing I mean, better than that. That's not the goal, at least. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> if if I end up there, I end up there. Yeah, <laughs> the goal is to try to do the work, right? I mean. I don't think the work's changed, at least in my opinion. Like I, I think that what it took to you know do the wins and the podiums and the titles i don't believe that that's changed today at, mm -hmm. at any level um so i know the workload and what it takes and whatnot it's just obviously it's different right like i'm i'm 40 years old i'm mm -hmm. i'm two years i'm two years removed from it um and so definitely you know not being in shape and and like of course you know like as you see every i jump on a dirt bike regularly and i ride and whatever but like riding you know, for a bit of fun and, you know, throwing down for five laps around a, you know, an mm -hmm. amateur motocross track is one thing, you know, throwing yourself back into, you know, just knowing where you need to be, you know? And yep. so for me, it was like, I had to look like, it was a kind of going back to the beginning. It was a big decision. Like it actually wasn't an easy decision for me because, you know, like I'm so busy with my kids and, and they're my, they're my priority. They're my everything at this point. I, I love, I love embracing what they're doing and just being, mm -hmm. you know, being a source of information and helping them, uh, you know, bridge that gap to, you know, the years that they've missed and, and things like that. So for me, when I was like, Oh, do I do it? You know, do I, do I pull back on some of the kid stuff and, and do this? And, and so kind of one thing led to another and Nick way actually told me in, uh, it was in March, actually. It was at the the Spring Nationals in Texas, and Nick Way says, "Hey, you know, like, 
do you hear that uh, about the World Supercross? And of course, like behind yeah. closed doors, I've been I've been amongst those closed doors conversations for five or you know five years now. So I knew the concept was coming. I, I very much knew um, that that the series was you know coming to fruition, and and so that wasn't far away. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so I kind of obviously you have to play it down a little bit. And and I was considering first off to. Uh, the goal was to run my own team, you know, like that I, they were giving me the opportunity to, to come in as a series owner, you know, yeah. a team owner, should I say, not a series owner. Um, and, and that opportunity, and I kind of just, I am Denard, I kind of tried to figure it out and I just didn't think that where I was at in life, that it was, it was the perfect and the right direction for me, um, with the, how busy I am with the kids. And so Nick brung up about, Hey, do you hear that? mdk wants to go right. and be a part of it and yeah. i'm kind of like no i didn't i'm like hey just feel free to pass on my number and yep. next minute mdk called me and we kind of kicked it around and you know we kind of we really talk from everything from do we partner do we you know do right. we have this thing do we you know do i just be an athlete and kind of as time time went on the right uh the right scenario really was that i, I think it was just for best for me to put the boots and gloves and helmet back on and <laughs> athlete and, and go back to it. Yeah. So here we are. I've, I, you know, I did my work. I really did. I, I, I put in a, you know, about a, I probably, I probably started, you know, about a 12 week training camp. Yeah. Um, and, and I wouldn't call it a training camp. Like, Hey, I started and, and 12 weeks ago, I've been a hundred percent all in. Mm-hmm. It was the 12 weeks for me was like, okay, I'm not an athlete currently. Like I am, you know, I'm probably 25 pounds over my normal race weight, 30 maybe. And so here we are, I have to get back into shape. And so like, I just, I took, and then, and at that point I tried to weigh up all my options. My options were even at that point, if I wanted to jump on a, on a supercross bike and I wanted to go ride and test and everything like that, there really wasn't available. Like there was a lot of parts that weren't available to me at that point. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? I want to deal with the off bike and the dieting change because that's a big change for me. You know, like I'm going from two years of doing, eating whatever I want, drinking what you want, you know, like just like I need to get that athletic mentality and lifestyle back. And that's going to be a That's going to be a lifestyle change for me at this point in my life. So I I embraced that and that was a big change. And that's obviously, honestly, that's been the hardest part of it. Like the riding and the training, yes, it's been hard, but like nothing – that I don't remember or like, you know, it, you know, like maybe I started out a little slow and mm-hmm. I, you know, or should I say start out fast, but get really slow fast because <laughs> I'm tired. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I mean, honestly speaking, it's, it has been fun. It's been fun to get back into shape again and it brings a new perspective because I do think that it's fair that everybody gets burnt out or everybody gets tired at one point. But, but physically, mentally, you know, just being fully healed and sane again was, was really fun to go back and, and do that work again, you know, because mm-hmm. I just think that so many of us do it for so long, even pro, even pre our pro careers. And I think that what you don't realize is that you're just, you're always in this, you're on the verge of just exhaustion and always, right? But you're, you know, you push, 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 and you have good days and bad days and better days and harder days and all this kind of stuff. But for the most part, I just, I don't really think your body 
gets that full turn off. It recoups mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, you know, all those things. And so that was probably the biggest thing is just my body actually felt like I feel better now than I did in my last year of racing, to be honest. You know, will the results tell me the same? Will it, you know, will that be the same answer? I don't know. Yeah. But let's be honest, my last year was a really tough year. You know, I, I came off of back to back rib injuries. I, I just was never at my happy self. Um, so I don't know. For me, yeah. it's, there's, there's some, there's some boxes that I'm getting to tick and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying and having fun doing it. You know, if, if you get to go out in a better way, let's face it, it was COVID, it was an empty stadium. It, it sucked for a guy like you uh, to go out that way. And, 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 you know, it sucked for Eli to win the championship that way. All of that stuff's going on. Uh, yep. And you mentioned the injuries. And, yes, you were not riding nearly as well as, you know, most of us have seen you do it. If things go better at the end, are you still doing this? Or is a little bit of this like, hey, I didn't get to call my ending the way I wanted to? No, this has zero to okay. do with that because right. because I can honestly say that like you know like a, a, from a personal level did it end how I want it to no you know but I I think I've I've said it on the show before that the ending was was it had its own meaning as well mm-hmm. right like it was it was yep. during COVID you know my one last ride it was really hectic you know like I I was doing the VIP experience you know yep. like and so. I was I was spread thin. Um, I was running my own team again. So, like honestly speaking, I was I was thin and I wasn't doing great anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, I feel like when COVID happened and we got to reset and we got weeks off and I got back to being healthy and I got on a KTM and I got to go to the last seven races with you know my wife and some of my best friends and there was no one else in the pits that you're allowed to communicate with at least let's be honest you lived it yeah (laughs) and so like you know like it was just it was enjoyable for that reason and that reason only you know like would i like have to have had fans of course but you know i got to tick the boxes and but this has nothing this has nothing to do with that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and this is not a comeback this like i don't ever (laughs) okay like i don't look at this as a comeback like it's not like i don't go oh i'm going back racing because that desire is not there. Like I don't have a desire to come back to racing. Okay. Um, I am 100% content with my life the way it is and helping my kids and, you know, getting to do the combines with MX sports and all these kinds of things that I, I feel that are being really fun for me. Um, so like this is, yeah, like uh, people may think, Oh, he's coming, you know, he's coming back. That's the, that's the easy thing. Oh, you're coming back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I am back racing at a professional race. I get it. But, this is not a comeback. <laughs> this well, is this is me going and enjoying dirt bike racing at the highest level because yeah. I can and because it makes sense for me and right now. So this isn't a 2023 thing necessarily. Like uh, no, yeah. I have I have zero consideration. Right. Like I've given, you know, like I, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't do it in 23, mm-hmm. but right now I there is no plan sure. to go beyond this these two races. Yep. There's no plan to even be a consideration of. Yes you know, being on MDK next year, like I want to, I want to give everything to these two races. And if I have fun and it makes sense, you know, when the time comes to have that, you know, that talk with, with Ellie and the kids and say, Hey, you know, this pays the bills pretty good still, Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you know, sure. like, yeah. uh, then, then that conversation will happen. But within our family and our, 
my circle, like that conversation is like yep. this is a two race thing for me. <laughs> okay, all yeah. right. Uh, why a KTM? Obviously, like you said, you rode Huskies and KTMs near the end of your U.S. career. Uh, I'm guessing you could ride anything you want. MDK, yeah. you know, you could get bikes for anybody. You could get support from anybody. Uh, why'd you stick with a KTM? Did you try anything else? I know how important bike setup is for you and bikes, and we know all that. Uh, take us through that process of saying, yeah, I'm going to stay on Orange. Yeah, I mean, I've just I've been committed to KTM since you know since I did the one last ride mm-hmm. when I we retired. Um, you know, I think at this point it makes sense that uh, you know it's the bike that I ride regularly on a day to day basis. Um, it's super easy to maintain. It's it's just a very easy bike to make competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ready to race. That's a slogan, and honestly, it's it couldn't be truer. You know, from a guy that doesn't get paid a cent from him. It's, it's, it's just a really easy bike. It's mm-hmm. a good bike. Um, interesting. Obviously I've started late here on the new bike. Um, I was meant to have, you know, the new factory edition bike, which let's call it the 23. Yep. Um, I was meant to have that bike early kind of March, April, but for whatever reason, mine never showed up. Um, so I only got on one, uh, September, I think around September, uh, eh, maybe a little bit end of August or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think that, that bike hasn't been as big of a challenge as what it looks like the others are having. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, I was, I was, I was thankful that I was able to go to California. Um, you know, I was not really allowed to talk about it, but obviously right. there's video evidence yeah. of it. Yeah, but, we saw it. We um, saw it out there. Right. But I mean, obviously, I, you know, like I went and I was, I was, I was very thankful to the, you know, to the team for. Mm-hmm allowing me to use the test track and, and do some testing, um, out there. And, um, you know, Mark Johnson at, at, you know, with, with WP and, and, uh, AEO was able to get me dialed in pretty, pretty quickly. So, yeah. um, it's been a pretty, yeah, it was a smooth transition. Like I haven't, sure. yeah, no really answer other than it just makes sense. It was a, it was my bike of choice to be honest. Yep. Um, so here we are. <laughs> what has, uh, so obviously, look, yeah, as you said off the top of this thing, uh, you can jump a quad, jump a triple with your eyes closed. That's not the problem. Uh, mm-hmm. or that's not an issue. But what's been the toughest thing to get back? Like, to me, like, you're 40, but, uh, you know, you can be 38 or 42. I think you're the same. I think, to me, in my opinion, the time off is what's going to – I don't want to say hurt you, but going to be the toughest to overcome is taking the time off. Now, Dunge took six years and almost got on the box. So maybe maybe it's not the time. But to me, two years off at the highest level of racing it would be tough to get back. But is it that or is it is it physical, you know, um, physical issues? I, I think that, you know, bringing up Dunge is the perfect scenario. I think that it just – I think it takes you mentally – being ready to do what it takes i i you know like two years away seems pretty short compared to dungeon six right yes so yes you know so you know obviously there's a big difference in in age i'm almost 10 years older than dunge um you know so that's probably gonna maybe you know play a role mm-hmm. um but i i don't know I, I don't know what the hardest part would be it's uh because i would i mean just the grind like that I think getting back the the fitness is one thing, but mm-hmm. getting back that intensity, like like I can honestly say that, like right now today as I sit here, I I don't know that I could get any better um, than actually having to go like 
I have to, at this point, I need to go racing mm-hmm. to go, oh, I'm not good here. I need or, to, yeah. Oh, I'm actually, yep. you know, like I just think that, yeah, like I, I feel like I've ticked all the boxes that I wanted to tick. And, and, you know, I don't necessarily put it to being like, did I do enough? Did I not do enough? It really is just going to be how am I going to be when I jump back into racing around 19 other guys with, you know, with that intensity, you know, that mm-hmm. I've been missing for the past two years. Um, it, the, the answer won't be told, I don't think, until we find, you know, I dive in. Sure. Yeah. Head first, head first on, on, <laughs> on, you know, next Saturday. Yeah. Um, so I think that when I seen Dunge come back and you see him, I think that, you know, I don't think it's a secret that Dunge maintained race fitness. It seemed like he was always working out and always doing yeah. things, you know, and yeah. I think that he had multiple years where he was doing the work and planning on coming back and it just didn't work out. Um, so I think that in the meantime, I don't think he rode a whole lot, but I think he trained and whatever, where I've almost done the opposite, where I kind of feel like I've rode quite a bit, but I just didn't do the training. No bicycle rides, right? No bicycle rides the last two years. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, by the way, I, I texted you when Dunge announced his comeback and you were like, you were like, yeah, I think he can get get podium or close to it, and and I think that you were right. He he didn't get podium, but dang, he probably should have, and he came real close a bunch. So I think you kind of nailed your predictions with. And I truly with, believe you know, had of, you know, and I believe that he's, I hundred percent believe that he was good enough to be on the podium, and honestly, I believe that he was good enough to win. I just think that the the battle that they were having within you know that that new bike yep. and the direction that they're in i just think that that was bigger than than anticipated i think yep. you know and i i I, tr- I truly believe that he was good enough to be you know like look at him he put himself in just like typical dunk yeah, he put himself he in good places and he, and whatever and then it, he was man he was solid he just i just you could see that he just couldn't go like he couldn't like i seen i've never seen ryan dungey i went to uh I went to Redbud. Yep. And I've never seen Ryan so limited on some of the things that I've seen and and I seen him crash after the leap he lost the front. Mm-hmm. And just things like that where sure. I'm like that's not actually Ryan Dungey. That's that's outside outside things affecting him. So I think he for as good as he did and when you look at his teammates mm-hmm. um or teammate teammate yeah. uh I think that I think it's safe to say that he he punched above his weight right. in, in you know all year long. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, Fly Racing uh, Race Rex podcast with Chad Reed kicking off the World Supercross coming up this weekend in Wales. I've been calling in England on my show, Chad, and all these guys are getting mad at me. It's Wales. Uh, I guess it's different than England. Oh my god! I, I, dude, you I know, know what? Yeah, it's the UK. We're going to the UK. <laughs> we're going to the UK. All right, right? that's good. We're going to the United Kingdom. Um, I don't even know where we're going. We're going to Great Britain. How yeah, about that? there we Something go. Like that. Uh, so MDK back in the sport. Obviously, there's a little controversy with with them coming back. Mark Kwame had a race team for years and uh, um, left it on a bad note. Right, a lot of things like a lot of race teams, and um, you know, we, it's been a little bit of a process for us to try to talk to Mark about the intentions and everything else. So no one really has been, but what's been your 
um, working relationship with Mark. Uh, he's a he's a passionate uh, motocross guy. Uh, drives races cars today. Um, what's it been like working with Kwame and uh, and you know and all that for you? So the beginning I, was all my dealings were with uh, with with Mark. Yep. And then uh, towards the end here. I think two reasons. Uh, Mark, obviously, like any business owner, has you know multiple people to handle, mm-hmm. you know, positions below him. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that he, you know, he he runs and operates and races as a you know Porsche Cup driver, mm-hmm. um, and he just wrapped up the championship. So I think he's been, you know, he's had his hands full wrapping up a championship himself, racing um, in, in the amateur ranks, uh, in car racing and things like that and running the team. So obviously since the initial, uh, you know, we kind of just came to an agreement on, Hey, I want this, this is what we can do. Mm -hmm. And honestly speaking from day one, everything he said that he would do, he has done, um, you know, and then now his wife's involved. His wife is very, you know, a lot of fun to deal with. And she's, you know, so I think that, I think it's a passion project. I think that they're the whole family are in on it. They're all excited to go to Wales. Um, you know, Jamie has been my point of contact for the most part uh, the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been somewhat of a, a a team leader, meaning like I've advised and helped them as much as I can. On obviously now the lights guys are on KTM's and yeah. helped you know helped with that a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of the little pieces and parts and wheels and chains and things like that. I've helped them sure. on that and contacts. And so I obviously paid a, you know, a, I wouldn't say a pivotal, but I've, I, you know, I made a, I paid a, played a small role in helping those guys, you know, get from point A to point B. Um, it's kind of why I asked yeah. that because I'm feeling like you have a hand in what the team's using and you know, that kind of stuff. You're so you're that so way. The te- yeah. yeah. So the lights team, the lights team is on their own, meaning like they are a a full one hundred percent like MDK team. Yep. Josh, Josh and I obviously were on separate bikes. Um, I'm on a KTM like the lights guys, mm-hmm. but you'll see that you know my bike's going to be orange um, for the obvious reasons. You yep. know, KTM is you know m- my goal is to continue to build a relationship there with those guys, and my kids you know are, are well immersed into the amateur scene, so we. We plan on being on KTM equipment for a long time, so mm-hmm. um, that's an ongoing and and you know uh, thing that I would like to turn into something bigger. And so they're being super supportive of me here in in the US side of it. And so working with them, and yep. then obviously Josh riding a Honda. Um, but yeah, like my team, hundred percent is it. It's basically yes, I'm on NDK, but I had previous contracts and yep. commitments and things like that. So what you see on my side will be essentially what you've always seen just with the mdk added to it you know yeah 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 i I figured that would be the case um it's a it's an interesting field you mentioned josh grant i had to double check when i saw that he is racing for mdk uh you got brayton and roxon right tomac's coming for round one you're there josh grant's there it is an eclectic field of riders and that's what i think makes it exciting it really is yeah it 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 makes it exciting because yeah and and it's it's a hard one to answer to people because they're like, oh well, how do you think? And I'm like, you know what? It's actually really hard to answer that question because, you know, like I feel like I know where Josh is going to be. I feel like I know where Vince and JB mm-hmm. and you know Kenny, Eli, Savachi, like I feel yeah, like Joey, you yeah, know yeah. Savachi. Like you kind of know, okay, yeah, you know what you're getting. But there's a lot of dudes out there that that you just don't know 
what they're going to bring, you yeah. know? And, and I, it's kind of like going to Paris for the, you know, for the Paris supercross round. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, like these guys are good. And it's like, I went there last year. I think you were there actually. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and it's like, they take the whoops out. And so therefore it kind of evens out the playing field and do those guys are fast on supercross like though you can't yeah. like those guys are not sleep you know like i look at jordy uh jo- what is it jordy or whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, you su- know he's a he's super a world ross? champion you super know? ross like, is good he's always good subs he's super good. Yeah. yeah i mean he's really good you know like <laughs> he was good last year i think he was third overall yep wasn't he yep yep i think um at the paris supercross so i mean there's a lot of people that that i think you know you don't want to sleep on so you know how i do is just I try to put the work in that, mm-hmm. that I felt that I needed to do. And at, at this point, I think it's just a matter of me being in the right headspace and, and getting good starts and having the intensity. Uh, and that's probably going to be the biggest challenge. I think for me is that two years out of it, it's, and, and there's only two races. So it's not like you get to go, well, you know, like next week we'll do this or what, you know, you kind of like some, you know, like, I'm a typical person where I learn pretty quickly, but it takes me sometimes a couple of weeks to get up to speed or whatever. Yeah. I don't got, I don't got a couple of weeks, yeah, yeah, <laughs> a couple no. of weeks and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, so I think from a, you know, from a, a mentality standpoint, like I'm aware of this, you know, the, the, the uphill that I got and, yeah. and I'm aware that I need to come in, you know, somewhat come yeah. in swinging like, there's nothing to lose at this point. Go for it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like you could be top five, but then I'm like, ah, top ten for sure. But then, like you said, there's Ramet and Subaross and these dudes that we don't really not really thinking of some some Aussie guys, right? Like um, the Aussie guys, yeah, because you, you got um, geez, and now I'm blanking on the Aussie guys. But I mean, I've been I've done all my training with Josh Hill, and let me tell you, Josh Hill, and he, and he's always been really special and really fast yep. as a as a practice guy. I've you know like I spend a lot of time around yeah. you know Josh at the factory Yamaha test track in the days. But like I can honestly say that the 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 part that's been most enjoyable is actually been having Josh there and and like I think Josh there's no way that Josh would have done the work that he's actually done to prepare for this series without me. I yeah, don't think yes, without you yelling <laughs> you know, at like, him and being there like, right. Like right. Like Josh is probably in some of the best shape he's ever been in his life at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think even, you know, thinking of like Josh, like I wouldn't sleep on Josh. Josh is yep. being really solid. And um, so, yeah, just I think there's a lot of guys that, that have – and that's probably what is most excited about it is there's a, you know, a good flavor of it. I mean, yeah, would I we all like to see, yeah. you know, would we all like to see the normal factory guys there? Of course. That's that's yep. fun, right? Right. But – we don't, and that's that is what it is. No, I think it's going to be good. I think the the two fifty class is. We were talking about it on my last show. It's super deep. It's going to be really competitive. Um, so yeah, I I think it's going to be a, a good lineup, and I'm excited to watch it. Um, let's let's move the conversation over a little bit about the series itself, the World Supercross series. Uh, you know Adam Bailey and those all those guys really well. Uh, Tony Cochran, the the um, supercar guy or whatever. Um, I, I look look. I, I don't. I don't have love or hate for either series. This is more money for racers and teams, and I love what these guys are doing. Um, I think it's great. Uh, over here, though, we—I mean, we couldn't get Feld and MX Sports to agree on what day it was, and now they're united and calling a press conference together and adding three races. And the legacy <laughs> of World Supercross is going to be that it caused the outdoors and Supercross over here to get together, which is awesome. Also, as well, I, it's great. I don't quite get the 
And look, I have no financial um, uh, benefit or, or drain on supporting either series. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I just am in the media. I cover racing, and, and I'm excited to cover racing. But um, I don't see the look, – do I, look, do I think Adam – and the guys are ever going to get the Sextons and the Lawrences full-time? I do not. I don't think that happens. Uh, but I think they can have a viable, well-run series with good stars in it. Uh, and we can have both and be happy, Reedy. And, and have both series and sit back. And I don't quite get the whole uh, fuck the world supercross side of things that I get over here from some teams. Like, why? What, what, why? I don't know. It, it's weird. We're in a weird time in our sport. So there's many answers, and I think we we can, I think it's a great conversation. Uh, first of all, respect to you because I know that you do have paychecks coming from, you know, the, not necessarily directly from the series, but associated to the series. Yeah, I mean, you mean like Racer X? So, like, yeah, I mean, well, sure. you know, there's Racer X, and you know, your your relationship there. And so for me, it's to hear your honesty. I guess is 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 a pleasant surprise. I like that. And and I embrace that because I think that I I think I sit probably in a similar situation to you, right? Like I don't have a whole lot to, to lose or gain at this point in my life. Like super world supercross is not going to change my life, whether I stay in it or I get out of it. Mm -hmm. And, and AMA supercross and MX sports is not going to change or ruin my life at this point like i just i feel pretty neutral like i feel completely you know an individual that has an opinion of like i think it's great you know like i just like as an australian that always wanted to race in america and race american mm-hmm. supercross and i ticked that box and it was the greatest thing ever and i think it's so awesome um and i think there's so many ways you can tackle the conversation but i think that for me I love that you started out because motocross and supercross, they don't like each other. No. Let's be honest. No, no. Like this may seem like a good deal and it's a coming to Jesus kind of thing. But I just, for the 20 something years that I've been here, I find it extremely hard to believe that that's the case and that that's real and that there's, let's think about, you know, the riders are getting 10 million and that's what we keep thinking about. If the riders are getting 10 million, think about what Feld and MX Sports is getting out of that deal. Because and let me tell you, they're not just getting 10 million and giving it to the riders. <laughs> no, no. No. And 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 they would be ridiculous if they were because that's yeah. not how business works. No. Like I like I'm a business person and I get it. Like and I'm not hating. I just think that it's funny that, you know, some people, whoa, you know, it's this new series and like I had a conversation with one team and they're like, Well, you know, this supercross these three races, they're gonna be a combination. It's it's essentially the same concept that Mo- Monster Cup failed at, right? Is that they're gonna try to do this motocross and supercross hybrid. And I'm like, Okay, so now you're adding three races to us already very long series that nobody wants to go longer and now you're going to have to create a new bike because let's be honest this hybrid is going to take a hybrid setting well yeah i didn't really think about that yeah yeah (laughs) and so i'm like okay so now it's going to take more time and effort and testing and man hours and all these things i hope that it's massively successful I genuinely hope that that is my hope for the sport here Mm -hmm. in America is that it crushes it. It survives. It does awesome. 
and that everybody wins. The riders win. Yeah. The, the teams yeah. win. Every like I have zero hate. I have zero negativity. I am a general lover of the sport, <laughs> and so I hope that it succeeds. My personal opinion is. I think the world needs World Supercross. I genuinely believe that when I think of Formula One, which I love, yeah, MotoGP, which I love, and I think of those two sports and how much I love them and what I love about them, and Supercross crushes them in in as an excitement mm-hmm. point of view. You know, yeah. like I personally can walk down both paddocks. And those dudes all know who I am. They love motocross and supercross. And so the world, the world needs to see it and experience it. And I think that something has to give. And if it's people being pissed off or it's the motocross, I just think that at some point something has to give. And it is what it is. And I, I genuinely believe that this will be, you know, yeah. a good thing for the sport. Um, I don't know that I fully agree that they won't get Sexton or or jet or things like that because at the end of the day money talks and i think that i think in two years if we're having this same conversation then i believe at that point world supercross has sustained right the uphill battle that they have um and i think that at that point they're over that uphill and then i think at that point they can then they can go after the big dudes right um well if that happens i'm gonna uh, if that happens i'm gonna owe brayton some money because we have a bet and so yeah. JB and You're I have gonna, a bet, I, and I'm going to yeah. owe him a substantial amount of money if this happens. But I don't, I don't see it. So but sure, yep. I don't know that I would be confident to put money on anything at this point, mm-hmm. just because I do think it's it's such an unknown. You know, um, all I know is I love the concept. I love like as from a from an athlete to a team owner mm-hmm. to a team owner that had to wrap up because it just didn't make sense. And the way they're doing it, and how they're embracing and helping pay the bills on the on the race team side of it, I just don't know that that there's how can you be negative? The only thing I support is if you're if because let's be honest, we're we're me, you know, can we agree that you are American media at this point, right? Sure, like that's what we we yeah. report on America. So when American people and American teams are telling you, and I'm not talking teams like the the team managers because none of the team managers well not none but like roger da costa or whatever we'll take rog out but some of these other team owners mm-hmm. so like the the big like let's just say kawasaki yamaha and Yamaha's not really even a part right. of it but yep. uh you know ktm husky whatever like when the north american bosses are saying you know like the press release that honda put out with kenny i'm okay with that that is what they are supposed to say because those guys are hired to be North American, you know, bosses of yeah. said company, and their job is to protect America and their race team. Their budget is for America, not World Supercross at this point, you know. And so I'm okay with that part. I actually would be disappointed if it was said otherwise. Um, you know, if Pip Byra starts saying that he doesn't want to, and I haven't heard, publicly heard anything from Pitt, but if Pitt starts saying that World Supercross sucks and we don't support it, mm-hmm. then a little bit I start questioning. If Mr. Honda in Japan and Mr. Y- Mr. Yamaha yep. 
start saying and Mr. Kawasaki starts saying, this World Supercross thing just sucks. We don't support it. Then I question what their narrative is at that point. But hearing right. hearing these things from the North American side of it, that's what you're supposed to do. That's their yeah. that's their job to protect that, you know. And, and like I said too, the, the the legacy of the World Supercross. Look, a hundred percent, without a doubt, Feld and MX Sports were working together and talking together before COVID hit. They wanted to line up their TV deals. They uh, Kenneth Feld did reach out with an olive branch, and there was going to be more communication and more cooperation before World Supercross came around. That's without a doubt, and I fully believe that because of things I heard back then but yeah, if you no, tell and i've yeah i've been told i've been told the same thing from people behind closed right. doors too but if you tell me that the mx sports and feld were just going to give these riders it should work out to be about five million extra into the purses and most of that five million will be devoted to these three races if you were to tell me that they were just going to do that out of the kindness of their heart with no world supercross <laughs> then, then i have i have some land to sell you you know in, in a swamp land like they, there's just no way there's just no way I, they're, they're paying more money. But but that's great. Good. Thank you, Adam Bailey. Thank you, World Supercross. Right. Yeah, no, and I think that that – and that's so. – the goal is to build it up, right? Yeah. And if – you know, and if that $5 million, you know, plus is a, is a talking point and NBC goes all in on, mm-hmm. you know, both series and everything like yeah. that, I mean, I, I – Great, it's right? hard to, yeah. It's yeah. hard to comment on because – like you, I probably have information that I really can't say at this point, right, about it because I know a lot of it. And so, therefore, let's acknowledge that we know information that's coming to the public here soon. But I genuinely hope that it's successful. I right. do. Like, I don't wish bad on them. Um, I, But I also don't, I, I, you know, fr- from a bigger level, um, I think it'll be – I think it's going to put the writers in a situation where they – I think they get the bargaining power at some. I hope point, so. You know, yeah. And, well, and I, I like, I like, I like that because I think that or teams, the teams get bargaining America, power. Teams too, like you know, yeah, yeah, a little bit, not really, because I think that you know, there's only so many people in World Supercross, and I think that those spots are taken, and so therefore, you know, right. I think that people that are not in are already missed their, they missed the, they missed the boat, you know, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, and that's what I love, like. The one thing that I love about like MotoGP and Formula One is like think about like in the whole universe, <laughs> only 20 drivers get to say I'm a Formula One driver. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is pretty damn cool, you know, and like the oh, see, I, I don't agree. I don't agree. But yeah, go ahead. What don't you agree with? I love the fact, Chad, that that a guy can show up uh on a on a 450 with suspension and an exhaust and if he's good enough he can be in the main event sure you're you're gonna lap him but i love yeah, but that see, I, I love that about our I sport don't, uh, yeah but i love that about our sport at this level at the american level okay i truly believe that i agree with you actually because that's motorsport like i'm not motorsport that's motorcycle racing yeah. i think that that's not it's not unique to car racing. It's unique to motorcycle racing. Yes, like yes. at the end of the day, yes, a lot of things have changed and the implement, you know, like electronics and all these things. Like definitely, I don't believe it's all rider at this point. I do believe that the bike plays a huge role in mm-hmm. today's efforts. But I love AMA Supercross. I did it myself in 1999. I had a U-Haul 
with a Suzuki RM125, and I showed up. I won the afternoon in qualifying. I love it. I I, I 100% am on board with you. I think that that's cool. But I also can respect and I also love that at the highest level of World Supercross that they are going a different route. And I think that that's where where I don't see the two colliding. Like World Supercross and AMA Supercross, in my opinion – has like they don't go against each other they only complement each other in every way of the word mm-hmm. outside of this super ridiculous word of super, <laughs> super motocross right. i mean can we not get more creative than that i, I don't um, i don't like it prater disagrees with me and i told dave i'm like dave i don't like that name he, he, that's yeah, a terrible name uh, and, and that's yeah. not a dig at them that's just no. my personal opinion yeah, and i would you. tell them as well to yeah. my face i'm like really can we really not come up with a better name <laughs> <laughs> so so that said yeah. dave prater is going to call me and you both and hate us but yeah uh, but anyway i don't believe that outside of this super motocross thing that this world supercross thing really it doesn't it's not a conflict i don't think it takes away from ama supercross motocross can be pissed because at some point yeah people are gonna have to choose they're gonna have to choose do i go supercross only and do american stuff and then world supercross and you know and i think that that you know motocross and mx sports is the only ones that i really think can have a real general you know disappointment of like something's gonna come in and And potentially take them on a little bit, you know. But I, the Supercross side of it, I don't, I don't, I don't see where it's a conflict. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racerex podcast with uh, Reedy. Uh, appreciate the folks at Maxis and Renthal, and also Cobolinks, Cobolinks.com, code PulpMX to save. If you um, want to get your bike handling a little better, if you are shorter of stature, if you want some better suspension. From Aprilia to Yamaha, Cobolinks makes a lowering suspension link for you. You can get it at motorsport.com or use the code PulpMX and save with free shipping. All links designed and built in the U.S. of A. Cobolinks.com, K-O-U-B-A, links.com. Use the code PulpMX to save. Thank you to those guys. And also, speaking of motorsport, motorsport.com. Go through the banner on PulpMX.com or PulpMXShow.com to get to Motorsport, to place an order, to help us out. That would be great. OEM and aftermarket parts, great prices, easy return policy, free shipping on anything over 75 bucks. Motorsport.com. Take your new, take your business, uh, online business from uh, anywhere else to Motorsport.com. I guarantee you, you'll be stoked. they got a lot of contests going on as well. It's driven to ride series. Of course, Motorsport.com. Please check them out. All right. Thanks for listening. Back to Chad Reed. Oh, to be in the room when the Adam Bailey and the guys from there are trying to schedule an American round for 2023. Oh, I would love to be in the room for that, uh, whatever they decide, wherever they go, you know, because they want to have an American round in 2023. So that would be interesting. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> and there's a good potential that there'll be there'll be multiple. You right, know? right. I worry yeah. about World Supercross, though, uh, because I don't see a, I don't see a business model. Because look, uh, the parts unlimiteds, the the WPSs, uh, doesn't look like the Enter the Energy drinks are on board. So for sponsorship, I mean, ticket sales are one thing, and government money is something you know that I'm sure the global guys are going after, just like MXGP and just like Formula One. They're going Gov- to yeah, government know. money. Is, government money is huge, right? Like, let's it be is. honest. Like, it I, is. I, you know, like I've I've been a part of these events, you know, whether it be in Sydney or Melbourne, and I know my paycheck that I get to go to do those events 
and you know you think that there's multiple of me at those races and so the government money is real money you but know? is it enough um, to is it enough to sustain a series because it doesn't look like right now the american distributors the american energy drinks are stepping up to fund this there series is no, there's no such uh, outside of monster and rockstar which both claim to be global companies mm-hmm, they do yeah I I don't think I think that everybody's sitting on the fence this year. Okay. Yeah. I I I, I and I I think that's fair, you know. Yeah. Um but I don't think that they get to sit on the fence past you know past 23. Um sure. I think that I think that this is more of an off-season series, you know, we're launching it. It's a soft launch, I would call it. <laughs> I would um, call it that too. Yes. You know, that's a good and word. <laughs> uh, you know, and then and then, you know, 23 will be right. I think the launch and I think we'll figure out, okay, this is real. Mm-hmm. And then how how we end up at the end of 23, I think will be interesting. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't bank like for me it's not about this year and next year. Um, I look at this year and next year as the one, you know, like this is a, this is a soft roll into next year. And then I think next year will be, you know, hopefully around the eight race series. Um, that's my opinion. That's not going off of information that I know. Um, but just, you know, like I, I hope that that's the number and, and I think it, it it legitimizes the championship more than a, you know, than a two or three race series. Um, and so then, yeah, then I think at that point, they can hit the ground running. Um, up until then, I think it'll be tough for them. And um, yeah, because eventually, be- you know, their 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 private equity group is going to be like, "Hey, when do we make a return on this, guys?" You know, s- someone at some point, because the amount they're paying to subsidies and the amount they're paying for purse money is awesome. But nobody wants to lose money like that forever. You owned a team, you know the, the yep. logistics. No, of it. no, so, yeah. it has to be. Yeah, I my goal or my hope for everybody is that the the money people get get really enthusiastic mm-hmm. and they love the sport of supercross and they do what i have advised them to do well, and i look. i hope that i i hope that 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 happens and then i think if that happens then the conversation will be extremely different <laughs> do you think like so what they're gonna do over here is they're gonna do hey you got to finish it, and I don't know the specifics. As we sit here, there's a press conference the next day, tomorrow. But what they're going to do is going to be like, hey, man, you got to finish in the top 20 in overall points, meaning, i.e., race the nationals, meaning don't race World Supercross, to qualify for these three super motocross races that are hybrids. And again, most of this $5 million will be into those three races. You don't think that's enough draw to keep guys from from not doing nationals? Like they're hoping that teams and riders are like, no, we want to qualify for these super motocross races and get most of this purse money. So what what kind of money are we talking? Like what are we like? Break it down for me because I really haven't paid attention to it. Well, um, I can't. I could, outside of what I've heard on yeah. the top of my head, it's like I haven't. I don't know the ins and outs of how it's going to work. But. Yeah, there's going to be a playoff system to get you into these three races, and how you qualify for that is either a win races. So they're because they're they're going to take the elite guys. So you know, if you if Ken Roxon signs a super cost only deal. Uh, and he doesn't have enough points to qualify, but he won a race, he'll get in, right? They want all the stars there. But for the rank-and-file guys, they need they need you to race nationals to get enough points to get in the top 20 or whatever number they give it. I don't know the specifics yet. To get into these three races. And that's how... So, so, that's, they're gonna, so, that's, they're, so, the, so essentially, if you can 
win some Supercross races. You're then free, you're would, free you to would, uh, to go World Supercross and then come back for the Supermoto Supermotocross races. So interesting. Yeah, it'll be, yeah. So they're so they're not silly enough to give up on their, you know, on the people going Supercross only. I don't think so. Like I think because yeah. they want the stars in these SMX races, so yeah. they'll make it like yeah. past champions or past winners or some sort of qualifying, so that elite guys, guys with names, guys like you and JB and let's say you're not doing World Supercross, can get into these three races. You know, they, they don't want to exclude anybody. Maybe they have a past champion one. I there you do. go. <laughs> um, uh, a couple more things before we wrap here. You got some time? You want to go? You got to go? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's all hope for the success of World Supercross. Um, I would be hypocritical to sit here and say that I, 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 you know, I don't care about the series or it doesn't matter to me because I spent 10 years on the Pulp Mech show yelling about Feld's making a shit ton of money. And they need yeah. to share it. That's literally what I said for 10 years. And for me, this is yeah. what World Supercross... Look, you know what Feld guys are... You don't know what they're making, but you know they make a lot of money. And I, yeah, I've promoted enough races. Yes. And being, you know, being amongst enough promotion side of it to yeah. know the, what the numbers are. And they are, they're good numbers, yeah, right? Like so they're, you know, that's, they, and that's good. Good for them. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, I, that's the business, right? right? And, you know, and, but yeah, like at some point, the, the crazy out of all of this... My own, my last comment on this whole, you know, the two different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, entities. The thing that blows my mind is two things: one, Supercross and Motocross communicating together. Yeah, uh, me too. By the way, me too. That's yep. one. <laughs> two is none of these teams want to do more races. Oh, Chad. They didn't want more races None for a of decade. These teams want more races. They want nothing but less races, less work, mm-hmm. less travel, all these things. And then suddenly now every <laughs> manufacturer is so excited because we're doing three more races. That's the only yeah. negative that's the only negative that, that I have to say. Yep. And that is not based on World Supercross. That is based on my twenty plus oh, years me too. in the trenches. Me too. And hearing the bullshit and the comments out of every team manager I've been on every team and they I just it blows my mind that suddenly, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, Well, well Okay, so what do you get out of it? What do the teams get out of it? Because I would like to know what the teams are getting out here, of it. Here's what they'll say to you. There's one less national right there's 11 next year and there's and the monster cup is gone so their selling point is it's only one more race guys that's their <laughs> selling point so you know i'm with you chad i heard every important person controlling racing yes in the pits for 20 years tell me we want less races so and like and everything that i mean like the the conception of uh you know monster cup oh this is dumb you know, like, and I'm really like this again. It's not, it, it, but the the truth of the matter is that this is nothing but a glorified monster cup, three monster cup races. You know, well, really. I'll wait and see. I, I'll wait and see. Like, I'm, I'll reserve judgment a little bit. I hope it's not. That's, I yeah, hope it's maybe. Not. But I yeah. hope so too, yeah. because I again going back to it, I genuinely hope the success of it is huge yeah. for everybody involved. But. The twenty plus years in the trenches, it, it it's really funny to me that mm. it, it's suddenly really positive that well, you know. Listen, I th- I think the teams and riders should be mailing Adam Bailey a thank you card because <laughs> none of this happens without it. They don't. I don't care. Sure, they'll work together. Sure, they'll they'll have more cooperation. They'll line up their TV deals. All of that. Sure, hundred percent. Great. 
without World Supercross, but they they're not paying. And and now and now I've heard the teams may be allowed to do some merch as well uh, here next year in Supercross. And again, thank you World Supercross for doing this. So um, yeah, right. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, Chad Reed on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast. I want to talk about Roxon because you know Steve Astafen well. Uh, you, you you mentioned the press releases earlier. Um, I have it on pretty good authority that Ken committed to World Supercross races without telling Honda because he was out of contract, right? October 1, contract uh-huh. done. Yeah. Um, and then kind of went back and said, hey, you know, I'm doing these races. Were you supporting them? And Honda's like, and I agree with Honda saying, no, I, I agree with that. I'm fine with that. And, you know, I I just think this is a Steve Astafin led um, – Look, Ken's Ken's strong-willed guy like you. You guys are very similar, um, I think, in a way. Um, but Steve, I think this is. Uh, I think Kenny's doing career suicide is too much of a term. That's too strong. But this is. See, I don't agree okay. that Kenny and I are like that because, like, well, I think you're strong-willed the, you guys. Know, I, listen, I listen to, I listen to the podcast he did with James, and multiple times. Every the answer was we'll see what Steve wants to do. We'll see what Steve wants to do, and that's my own my the thing that I, I I'm hey if Kenny truly just wanted to stick to his guns and he was made a commitment and I'm going to go around the world and you know and see the world fans and I'm going to give up the opportunity to be on a factory team like. It, that is career suicide, in my opinion. I actually agree with you on that. That might be a uh, strong, too strong of a term, but yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. Who's going to take Kenny? I don't know. You, Where, t- where's <laughs> Kenny? Where's Kenny going to go? He has a Fox deal that screws him out of going to a lot of the lower level teams. He has a Red Bull deal that screws him to go to any good team other than KTM, or uh, and then he can't even go to uh, Gas Gas because of Fox. So. Kenny's in such a small, minute world of boxes Well, the re- there is no out, I don't think. I truly don't believe that Kenny ends up with a ride. Like, I just don't see – I mean, he would have to give up his Fox do, and his Red Bull deal. Do you agree with me that this seems like an Astafen-led move? Who Steve's a strong, strong negotiator? It's exactly yeah. what I was saying. Okay. What I'm saying is, yeah. is where I think that is different is I controlled Steve. I told Steve what I was going to do. And then I told Steve to go to work and, and achieve it. I don't believe that that's the case in this. I believe that Steve works for Kenny and Steve goes and gets the money deals or the deals that make sense at that point. Doesn't really think about the outcome. And Kenny just says, yeah, Steve's, Steve knows what, well, he's, what we're doing. you know." And so I think they're in the situation, and it's not really talking shit on Steve or Kenny, but I just think that they're finding themselves in a situation because well, Honda's like, nah. We ain't no. doing that. And I know? like both of them. Steve and Kenny are fine. Yeah, I just – this is a – I can't believe that they would do a deal without talking to Honda, and I can't believe they would stay strong and be like – you know, can't stay strong and say, well, we're keeping the World Supercross agreement. First of all, Paris Supercross has been trying to get Ken Rocks in the lineup for years. So if he really wanted to race in front of his fans, he could go to Paris anytime. Uh, and they were apparently going to bring in buses for German his German fans at one point in negotiation. So they were willing to – you know, pay Kenny a lot of money to race Paris, and and Steve and Kenny turned it down repeatedly. So, 
I you know I, I don't know the reason I brought it up around because I feel like your move from uh, L and M to Suzuki was Steve driven a little bit with Brooks right that's where I'm like I I don't know if yeah, you were getting all so the, the, I don't know if you were getting all the things that Brooks was saying back then well so the big the biggest point in that particular situation was like do do I look back at it and, and it, honestly it was a breakdown of communication and I've done so many things in my life in the last you know, the last five years to, you know, grow a new understanding of Mm -hmm. what it's like to be an adult and do and, you know, whatever. And I just, I genuinely believe I was young. I was dumb. I was making a lot of money and I put faith in Steve. Um, and not that Steve was doing anything wrong, but we were verbally told that if I was to win a title, that my contract would go to X amount. Mm -hmm. And then we fought for that. And during that fight and during that communication, the breakdown happened. And Steve is a pretty aggressive, pretty, <laughs> you know, uh, yes. you know, uh, he's a pretty harsh, yeah. you know, guy. And I just think that that communication breakdown um, happened very quickly. And I think that, you know, they mm-hmm. then were presented an opportunity to work with James and he probably took my original deal. And yeah. it was so they could get James Stewart for the same money. Um, and you know, and so I just think that they, that was the breakdown of that particular situation, I think, but I, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think that, you know, back to me saying that I think it's a breakdown in communication is that at the end of the day, uh, what Kenny doesn't understand right now, I believe is Kenny doesn't understand that he's the president CEO of his own company and his own, you know, thing. And so and then I just think that that's that yeah. is what it is. You're, you're young, you're dumb, you've made a lot of money, and you're making a lot of money, and you know you you don't really have the time and effort, and it works, and everything just kind of seamlessly goes along, and then suddenly you wake up, and the multi million dollar deals are not there anymore, and then you start asking questions. Well, what the fuck happened? You know, and <laughs> I think you're, he's you're gonna, mad at the, yeah. you're mad at the agent, you're mad at everything, and then and at the end of the day, it. It's just a communication breakdown yeah. that you did not know how to run Ken Rocks and LLC, mm-hmm. and and that's it. I made those mistakes, and I'm I'm I've learned that the hard way, you know. Yeah, um, I, I so just, he, he was such a natural fit. At, it was natural. Uh, it was natural fit to go back to Honda Supercross only or whatever. And see, I think you, Kenny uh, got you know. what he wanted at the end of the day. Anyway, I don't think Kenny was ha- happy at Honda. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, definitely didn't like the bike, like, but, but I just, what's the alternative? I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it forces him. I would just love to see like, you know, like, let's see how good he is. Like go create your own team. (laughs) uh, Yeah. He's going to, Steve's going to tell him about things that he learned with you. That'll never, it'll never happen. He'll be like, yeah, don't do that. I went through this with Chad Reed. Right. But I mean, if that, if you're really, if you're going to, if you know, at your, at, if you want to race Supercross at the highest level in AMA Supercross mm-hmm. in January, I believe the only way to do it is you're going to have to go create your own bikes and parts and mm-hmm. team and I, and do it. Otherwise, otherwise, I don't think he, I don't think he makes it. I see him being the face of World Supercross in 23. To be honest, if I had to guess right now on if, October 3rd, and, yep. and that's probably the easiest money for him to get, and mm-hmm. it's the easiest play for steve so it wouldn't surprise me also no absolutely uh last thing for you chad before i let you go thanks for doing this appreciate it always fun to talk to you thank you to uh maxis and renthal cobolinks motorsport.com all on board with us as well uh last thing for you so uh your guy brian deegan called me maybe like eh, two months ago 
um, wasn't very happy with me. Um, I went on my show and I and I came on my show and I said, look, I don't know how it came up. I have no idea. I think it came up with talking about riders and marketing and this and that. And I said, look, I would never do a YouTube vlog channel if I was Chad Reed or if I was Brian Deegan. Uh, I just, you know, I wouldn't do it. Um, I wouldn't want to put my kids under scrutiny um, because I get DMs for things that Hayden did as an amateur motocrosser because people just hate the kid, right? And I don't know why. I don't know anything about amateur motocross, so I don't follow it. But, you know, you, you put this target on your back of putting your life on YouTube, and there's a lot of pluses to it, as Brian was telling me. And, and, and we agreed to disagree at the end of the phone call. Like, it was fine. I just said, look, hey, man, it wouldn't be for me. You know, uh, whether I'm Brian Deegan or Chad Reed, I have money. I don't need the fame. You know, all of you have all the fame you've ever wanted in the world, you know, over and over and over. So you're not doing it because of that. And I wouldn't want the scrutiny for the wife and the kids and everything else. So that's just my opinion. How's it going for you? What's the bonuses for you? What's the pluses for you? How have you been enjoying your vlogging, YouTube, uh, and all of that? I, I've watched a couple of them. Um, you know, and and typical you, you're so blunt. It's just, I, you would be a tough dad, by the way. You'd be a tough dad. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> t- tell me about it. Take me through it a little bit. It's been fun. I I think I can. I can respect kind of like where you're coming from. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy decision to make, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's like, you know, like I've lived a life of, you know, in this scrutiny and, yeah. and being, you know, being that, that thing. Um, I basically when I, you know, like when Ellie and I sat down and talked about it and everything like that, it just, I, I think that, you know, if, if you want to be great in life, then you're always going to be scrutinized. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's life. Like winning is actually having people be mad at you and hate on you and, you know, all <laughs> sure. these things like that is actually winning. Okay. Like that's winning. When you're winning at life, people love you or hate you. There's no in between. Oh, sweet. I'm winning um, at life then. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, so I believe that that's the outcome. Okay. And so I kind of was like, you know what? Like if my kids, you know, want to do this and they continue to do it and they make it to the highest level at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think that Ellie and I think of like just, and, and, and I, I genuinely every once in a while I go back through and I just look at what they did. And it's like, it's really cool that like everything that I'm getting to do with my kids and, and you know, and, and the first and foremost, I own everything. There's not a single thing that goes out to the world without, myself all my and my wife previewing mm-hmm. and okaying you know so anything that's out there is being you know has been proofed it's been you know edited in a way that sure. i'm yep. i'm okay with right. go, it going out there um i just think that like you know does it make money yeah is it is it all the things that people think and whatever and like youtubing and all that and it's like yeah it's a, there's a huge way of life of what people are doing. The thing for me is, is I just hope that you can, people can take positivity from it. They Mm -hmm. can see, you know, they can see that what I like about us in particular, not so much, you know, cause, cause Brian's, you know, Hayden, Hayden, they started this nine years ago. And so, you know, it's really starting to become popular the last kind of couple of years prior to that no one really seen that that the transition right of Hayden really learning or mm-hmm. anything like that and i think that the one thing that i enjoy is that like people always ask well well 
and I have this huge passion. I have this massive passion for motorsport, right? Like yeah. I love yep. racing motorcycles. You know that. And the biggest thing for me is, is like, I don't have that burning passion to want to work and help everybody because I don't, I just don't have that physical time mm-hmm. in life to do it. And so then I'm like, okay, well, if I have this burning, just passion for life and my kids are wanting to do it, then for me, it's a way of like, my kids are starting at the bottom and they're having to do all the things that every other kid does, you know, like just because their name, you know, on the back of their Jersey is the same as mine doesn't mean that they're exempt from all the learning things that everybody Mm -hmm. else has to do. And so for me, it's a big thing of like, I hope that people take what we are doing and you know, the ups, the downs, the little crashes, Mm -hmm. the wins, the little wins, you know, like the little wins that seem so stupid and little, but yet they're so big in kids' lives. Mm -hmm. Like I just hope that people see and notice the positivity that comes out of that and what, and what it means to race motorcycles. Like my life has been motorcycle racing since I was such a little boy. And I just, I don't know. I just think that of all the crap and all the shit in the world, I just love that our YouTube is organic. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's kind of my answer to all the things that you said, you know, like I just, it's, I think it's genuine. I think that my kids are, you're, you're seeing the pro, you know, the progress and the process of them going from, yeah, we want to race to, we want to race a little bit more. Oh, we want to be fast. Okay. Now we're going to have to work to go fast. And so there's all these steps that, you know, no one really gets to, and again, I don't know what their end game is. Like, I don't know if they achieve, you know, like the ultimate of like what I was able to, I don't know if they win races and they shit. I don't even know if we make it to Loretta Lynn anytime soon, you know, like, I mean, let's start at the bottom, but like, I, I can only like, I don't know. I had a mom and dad that just supported me and gave me, and when I say gave me everything, they gave me everything in the meaning of support and the system of like, you know, I didn't have anything. I didn't grow it with money. Um, and then, you know, a lot of people, I see negative comments, of course, like that's normal. Um, you know, a lot of people think that my kids are spoiled and they got everything, but what people don't realize is that what was normal to me it doesn't mean that their normal is, you know, their normal is their normal, you know, yeah. they don't know any different. They walk around the supercross track and look at and talk to Jet Lawrence or Hunter <laughs> yeah, yeah. or, you know, or right. Eli and the, all those people know who those kids are and they're just not, they're just, yes, they understand that they're good motorcycle riders. Like my kids are getting to the point yep. where they're like, Oh, Jet's good. And dad was pretty good. But like their normal is, they were born into it and they, all these people know who they are. They can go up to them. They can high five them. They don't, you know, they'll go under the tent. They don't need to go and stand (laughs) there for autographs. Like, and that's, you love it or hate it, but that's their normal, you know? Yeah. Um, they have motorcycles, they have buses, they have, they have things that I didn't have. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know? And so for us, Ellie and I, it's a big balance of like, how do you, how do you live life comfortably and do it where it's fun for Ellie and I, but yet create, you know, a, a work ethic within your in, within your kids. And I personally believe, from the little that I've been around the Deegans and, and Hayden in particular, I be, I believe that credit to Marissa and Brian that Hayden 
works hard. Yeah. And he genuinely is a good kid. And I like that because he's, you know, they have everything that you could ever want. And, you know, but yet I still see that he's he still wants it, you know, no, and he, I like that. And, and, and for me as a dad, like that's something to admire yeah. um, within Brian. And I just, you know, and, and again, Brian's got good and bad like like i do and there's things that you you know like there's things that he does that i wouldn't do you know and likewise i'm sure with him um but those are just the different personalities and the different upbringings and and things like that uh yeah no well said Uh, yeah hayden uh he rides with a lot of heart and he doesn't you know he's in shape which is not you don't fake that you know what i mean um so all of that seems like yeah he's a well-adjusted hard-working kid for sure so well cool man uh good luck in that and uh yeah i'm excited you're gonna be there i didn't know you were going yeah bro and uh i'm on my own dime i'm on my way I, yeah I, i'm gonna support the th- series you know i'm not going on, i'm not going down under that's way too far but you should have you should have went down under not to you, the england you you that's what you said he's just like hey you know like let's get you down under and i'm like dude that 16 hour plane ride even up front is a little much but i need to, <laughs> i need to get i need to get to australia before i'm done with this because yeah, i got a lot of listeners yeah. down there um uh yeah, but no, no that'd, be, that'd um, be cool when do you fly in i get in thursday morning um so yeah. yeah looking forward to it uh and i think like i said like i it's such an eclectic bunch of racers and i don't know what's going to happen and it seems like it's going to be exciting and the 250 class is deep uh, I don't think Phil can pull off the win. We're all pulling for Phil, but he might be he might be a little he might be a little on his back foot with his second injury that he had. But yeah, he, he said he said that you told him that there's going to be real whoops there, so he's very upset about that. He thought the whoops weren't gonna, were going to be well, easy. We got so. into this conversation, and he's like, he looked at me, and I'm like, no, I'm told there's real whoops, and he looked at me like I was crazy, and I'm like, bro, I said I know these people. If I have any power, yeah. every little bit of power that I have, I will utilize it to get whoops and he's like come on well he said yeah. a lot of words that oh yeah, yeah. Say on here, no but, no he, yeah. but he and he's like come on man and i'm like dude yeah come on you'll no, be fine he, he goes <laughs> uh, he was like fucking reed he says there's gonna be a full fucking track fuck that he's going <laughs> oh my god i'm like Phil, you'll so be funny. fine you'll be fine don't worry about it so. and you know what i love about it is like you know just in in particular talking about the lights class is mm-hmm. that you know let's Let's be serious. Like I look at a Justin Cooper, who is one of the biggest heroes in the country right now mm-hmm. after last weekend's race. Yep. Uh, in particular to him, like he he doesn't really have a career right now. Yeah, he's got no for, super supercross ride for next year. Apparently, Star is going to keep him out of the supercross but, series. Yes. But but I mean in general. Here's a guy that is hero status for one weekend, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even have a ride because the system's broken. You know? Yep. Yeah. And I yeah. Just, and I just think that like you if if every series had it all and there wasn't any negativity and we just loved everything about it, then it's like okay, why do we need more? But like you can break it down, and every series has its flaws, and every series has its pluses and minuses, and I just think that like. I look at a Colt Nickel and I look at a, you know, even a Joey Savacci, a Brock Tickle and a, you know, and Justin Cooper. And it's like those individuals are really, really good riders and Mm -hmm. the sport screwed them. The system screwed them. And I just don't think that any sport, when you're not really paid for life, (laughs) should ever be able to screw you over like that, you know? And I just, I don't know. So I just, I, I hope that there's things that, you know, like, 
that where Justin or like a, like a people like that that are you know potentially career ending you know things just by being in the right place at the right time and winning a title and let's be honest like yeah. Justin Cooper is not ready for a 450 in Supercross like like no. it would be actually a tall ass for him to win the lights championship again next year and for me that is just so ridiculous of of where we're at in the world and that thinking that a guy that's really not that old you know and and he has such talent and yet he doesn't have a ride because the system's broken so. well yeah the system is is that it's not viable to own a team in the sport to to pay riders enough to make it uh worthwhile like I don't have a problem with Savachi getting 14th in a two in a 450 man event. Like there's there's 14 great guys. He's a great rider. Problem is 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 he can't get 14th and make more than fifty thousand dollars. And that's well, wow, yeah. 50s low, but 100 let's say. And that that's what's wrong with the system is there the team the 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 Mike Genovas and the Coy Gibbs and the uh, insert team name here eventually goes well. I can't sell merch. I have to pay everything. I, I have to pay to enter. I, I don't get purse money back. Like, you know, NASCAR teams get the purse money, right? And they, they make yeah. deals with the drivers and stuff. So that's the problem. Not so much that Savachi can't make money. It's that Savachi can't get a team to pay him enough because the team owners can't make any money. That's where the system which, breaks and, down. Which essentially, you know, so. but, but essentially, Joey Savachi could get a lights ride. If, if Joe. Yes. If Savachi was available yes. to ride a lights bike next year, there would be multiple teams wanting to hire him. Right. But and I just think well, yeah. in a sport, I just it's, it's, it's my opinion because the the great the good always survive. They do. Let's be honest. Like yes. the good guys they come and they go and they move up the ladder. It's the average and the the middle McElrath, level people. Savachi, yes, you know, all those guys. And it's just yeah. like and all those people you just named are fighting for their they're fighting to make, mm-hmm. you know, put dinner on the table at this point. Like those people are going to have to live working jobs yeah, at some no, point. I agree. Like, I agree. screw that. Yeah. You no. know, make like, you know, like I was very fortunate. The sport paid me what it did. And oh. I hope that, you know, my goal in life was to never work a day in my life. And the, <laughs> so you're doing, far so yeah, good. Yeah. You're so far so good. <laughs> so you, far you, so good. But like for me, yeah. it just, I don't know. Like that's where I just think that it's such an old broken system oh, of this I, I, the, the, pointing out and all these kinds of things. It's just a hundred percent. Especially yeah. when we're really not producing great kit like, you know, there's nothing great coming through. Like yet, you know. So yeah. why not keep some of the other people down? I think it I think it's all a you know what goes around comes around. Savachi being in there and you know doing well creates the younger kids to have to be better anyway. So yeah, there is that point of view. Doesn't, right? I, I I don't I I just don't see any downside to good people, you know, and good people meaning like not even athlete and how good they are on the racetrack, like just good humans, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. Savachi, Makarov, they're all good people. They shouldn't be ran out of our sport because the system's broken. Yeah, I agree, and that's a whole another podcast for another time. A whole another conversation, yeah, yeah. but but yeah. no, cool man. Uh, thank you for the time. Always good. Uh, we'll see you this weekend in England. World Supercross kicking off. Uh, this weekend is round one, and then uh, in two weeks they'll be uh, back down under for round two. Fro and Ralph calling the action. Ah, oh, just like old times. Just, just like they really, times. yeah. Actually, go back on that. Like, yeah. uh, I got to do some stuff with Ralph, and and it was exciting. It was actually cool to see Ralph again. And yeah. I know everyone's kind of you know you love him or hate him, but it was it. There was some old old memories there that I thought it was cool that Ralph's coming back, and Jeff's coming back, and yeah. 
So anyway, should a lot be of good. Cool stuff. Uh, thanks for the time, as always. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend, man. Thank you. Later, bud. See you. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.